Please let's pray. Let's pray together. Father, we have come from different walks of life, from different geographical locations, all across the internet divide. We have come that we may be blessed of you. Right from the foundations of the world, no one has ever encountered you and remained the same. And so we pray that as we seek to encounter you today through your word, the Bible says, and the Lord appeared to Samuel at Shiloh through his word. We pray that you would show yourself mightily to us through your word today. And as you have always done, Father, I pray that you will bless your word and that you will cause your word to bless your people. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Amen. Um, we started a new series last week talking about heart cry and um, today I want to talk about heart cry, the voice of praise. Heart cry, the voice of praise. Um, the Bible makes some very, very interesting revelations about the human heart. One of them is in the book of Proverbs, the fourth chapter and the 23rd verse. The Bible says that to guard our hearts with all diligence and it gives us a reason for that. He said, guard your hearts with all diligence. What is the reason? He says, because out of the heart springs all the issues of life. Out of the heart springs all the issues of life. And in fact, even within the dispensation of the New Testament church, um, one of, I mean, the way to, to accept or take advantage of the gift of salvation given to us through Jesus Christ, it's what I call a two-step procedural approach because Often we think that salvation deals with confessing the Lord Jesus Christ as our master and, and, and personal savior. But in the book of Romans, the 10th chapter and the 10th verse, the Bible says that for with the heart, we believe unto righteousness. Okay? With the heart, we believe unto righteousness. And then with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And so we see that connection between the heart and then the mouth. That with the heart we believe unto righteousness and then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation now this idea was summarized beautifully by jesus christ in the book of luke the sixth chapter and the 45th verse jesus speaking he says out of the abundance of the heart is when the mouth speaks out of the abundance of the heart is when the mouth speaks and so when the psalmist begins to speak in the book of psalms the 34th chapter which was just read for us the psalmist pours out his heart in a very, very beautiful way. And this is how he begins. Psalm 34 verse 1, he says, I will extol the Lord at all times. Some versions say, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. Now, I find um, um, the psalmist's uh, words, you know, opening words here very, very interesting. Because, you see, uh, just like Pastor Craig said last week, there is a story behind every one of these psalms that were written by David. And if you remember, you remember carefully when one of the stories that made David very famous at a very young age was when he defeated Goliath, remember? Now, after David defeated Goliath, the Bible tells us uh, in the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel 21, that David was running away from King Saul. And while he was running away, um, he found himself in the city of Goliath, whom he killed, the Philistine. So when he found himself there, the Bible tells us that some people there identified him as the one who killed their hero, Goliath. 
and so they planned to retaliate and guess what David was afraid and didn't know what to do this is what he did the Bible says David disguised himself as a madman and he started making markings on the wall to let everybody know that truly his madness had been intensified and when David was brought before the king the king looked at him and said this guy is mad and he didn't want to have any part with him and so David was asked to go now in the midst of imminent danger in the midst of of the time when David's own countrymen had deserted him in the midst of the time when David's own life was at risk because the Philistines were ready to retaliate in the midst of the time when it looked like um, the God that was with David from the beginning to go through that victory had become silent because you see the Bible says that the God who has begun a good thing in our lives we are sure he shall bring it to an expected end so here is David who has experienced the love dimension of God to go through that warring uh, ability to overcome Goliath and then after that David is now alone and God seemingly is silent and does not speak in the midst of all of these complications one would expect that David will would start you know expressing his gross disappointment against God but David does not do that here is the situation where David rather says I will extol the Lord at all times his praise will always be on my lips now you see David is trying to tell God here that I, I refuse to tie my praise offering to the circumstances of my life. That means that in the good times, I will praise you. In the bad times, I will praise you. In fact, even in the ugliest of times, I will still give you the heartiest of my praises. Church, you see, this is one of the things that actually made David um, to stand out in the mind of God. But there was a time when God was giving a testimony about David and here is what he said. He said, I have found my servant David, a man after my own heart. What a testimony. What a testimony that a, a man, mere mortal, can actually rise to the pinnacle where he becomes the very heartbeat of God. He said, the God said, I have found my servant David, a man that is after my own heart. Why? Because David understood the principle that my praises to God is not dependent on what I go through or what I get from God or what I do not get from God. So one thing we see from David here is that even in the midst of imminent danger and, and, and you know, dangerous situations, he still give, give God some praises. Now, another thing we see here is that in the midst of all of this, David does not live um, an excluded life. He doesn't want to separate himself from the gathering of believers. Look at what he says in verse 3. He calls on people. He says, glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. David does not in any way downplay the value of corporate gathering. There is a place for individual worship. But David does his best here not to you know, downplay the reality and the power behind corporate gathering. He again stresses that in verse 8, where he says it even more explicitly. He says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. So David continues to emphasize that there is a dimension of God's blessings that comes with, you know, 
corporate gathering. Even in the, in the situation when he was faced with danger, when his life was under threat, he did recognize the value of corporate worship. And this particular one is very, very relevant, especially um, in, in, this, in this period when we are all going through um, different, you know, uh, a different season of, of, of a wave of, of, of this pandemic, where the possibility for people to start separating themselves from the from the body of Christ is very, very tempting. And, and you know, so David here is giving us a firm idea as to how to um, react in situations like this. He calls on the, fe the fellow believers. He says, look, let us exalt his name together. And so the Bible says, do not forsake the gathering of the saints as it was with the other people. That's what the Bible tells us. And so we ought to be able to learn from this. Now you see, one thing that really striking about David's um, psalm here in Psalm 34. Look at what the Bible says. Look at what he says in verse 9. He says, Fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him lack nothing. Fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear the Lord lack nothing. Um, you know, the Bible says that God speaking, he said, the silver is mine, the gold is mine, the cattle on a thousand hill is all mine. The Bible says the heaven is the throne of God and the earth is his footstool. And, you know, in the book of Philippians, the, the apostle Paul reminds us and says, my God shall supply, you know, everything that you need according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. My God shall supply all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And so uh, the psalmist here tells us that the God we are dealing with is the God that has, um, all the abilities to be able to supply what we need. Uh, remember, in the book of Matthew, the seventh chapter, Jesus, you know, asked a very quizzical question. This is what he said. He asked them, he said, which of you here are so evil that when your children ask you for bread, you give them a stone? He got no answer. So he asked them another question. He says, which of you here are so evil that uh, when your children ask you for fish, you give them a snake? He still got no answer. And now hear what he said. He said, if even you, being humanly evil as you are, know how to give good gifts to your children, so that when they ask you for bread, you don't give them stones. And when they ask you for fish, you don't give them snakes to eat. He says, how much more your heavenly father, which is in heaven. So the psalmist here tells us, he says, look, fear the Lord, you his saints. Why? Because those who fear him will lack nothing, will lack no good thing. And look at how he continues it beautifully in verse 10. He says, the lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord will lack no good thing. Remember the words of Jesus, Matthew 6, 33. Jesus says that seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And all these other things that people are fighting to have shall be added unto you. Uh, the psalmist now uses the same word for us to seek. He says, them that seek the Lord will lack no good thing. But look at how he begins. He says that the lions may grow weak and hungry. Let me cast your minds back to something. Remember that the one talking here, David that is talking here, is a man that fought the lions and the bears in the forest. So when he says that there's the possibility for lions to become weak and hungry, he knows what he's saying because he has seen lions in their weakest of states. In fact, do you remember that 
that when the Bible was trying to look for a way to describe the warrior dimension of Jesus Christ, you remember how he was called? The Lion of the tribe of Judah. When, when the Apostle Peter was trying to you know, expose us to, to how, how dangerous the devil could be, look at what he says. He says, be sober, be watchful and prayerful. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, is moving about like a roaring lion. 1 Peter 5 verse 8. And so all across the scriptures, we see that the lion is depicted as, as a source, as, as an animal of strength and power that will always devour and that will always go uh, with, with strength to get whatever he wants. But the psalmist here says, look, I have seen this, the, the lions on many occasions become weak and become hungry. But one thing is for sure, that them that seek the Lord will lack no good thing. What a vow from God. What a vow. He says, them that seek the Lord will lack no good thing at all. Now look at another thing that, I, that, that we see the psalmist do here. Is that in the midst of all this imminent danger and threat, the psalmist continued to reaffirm the authority of the Holy Scriptures. Continue to reaffirm the authority of the Holy Scriptures. Look at right from verse, verse, um, verse 17. He begins by saying, The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in the spirit. A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from all of them. And, you know, he, he continues to reaffirm the word of God. The same thing, you remember with Jesus Christ, when, when the devil came to tempt him, Matthew chapter 4, Luke chapter 4, and Jesus referred the devil back to the word of God. And so, at this point of David's life, David con consistently um, repeated the word of God. The, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Uh, the Lord, the Lord redeems His servant. He reaffirms it because you see, the more you confess the thing, the more it becomes real to you. You see that. So, so David was very careful to ensure that he would, you know, remind himself of the word of God over and over and over again. And so, these are some of the things that David did to ensure that even in the midst of imminent danger, he would not lose track with God. You might have heard me say over and over again that uh, as Christians, when we, when we study the scriptures, we don't only study the scriptures to enrich the wealth, the, the wealth of our theoretical knowledge, but we study the scriptures so that we can be able to have a picture of how the people of old, how biblical characters dealt with situations in their lives so that we can find a perfect way to uh, transpose it into our modern day lives as we go about our lives as Christians. So look at a few, three things that David did. Number one was that in the midst of all this imminent danger, in the midst of uh, his life being under threat, David was careful to give praise to God. That is one thing he did. Number two, David was also careful not to downplay the role of corporate worship as people are in the manner of doing. David was careful not to downplay the role of corporate worship. So he called on other people to join him to praise the Lord. He called on other people to come taste and see the goodness of the Lord. And the third thing is that David was careful not to stop reaffirming the authority of the Holy Scriptures. This is why Christians need to be very serious with their study of Scriptures. Because when, when, when all other things, when every other thing fails, 
the scriptures that are inside of us, the words that we know about God that are hidden inside of us, is what will bubble out and bring us uh, to the place that we ought to be. I pray that as you go through this week and the weeks ahead, that you would you would be uh, more conscious of the fact that we ought to praise God irrespective of the situation that we go through, so that. God in his throne will sit back and say, that lady there is a lady after my own heart. That gentleman there is a gentleman after my own heart. I pray that the Lord will truly bless you even as you go through this week. Let's pray together. Let's pray. Father, we are careful to return the glory to you and to you alone. Thank you for the word of God. Thank you for 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 wisdom that comes from your word thank you that through it all you will be with us and so we are confident enough to give you all the praise because we know you will never leave us we give you praise and we give you glory in the precious name of jesus christ the son of the living god amen